if I'm reading a book, it's probably going to be a nonfiction book that teaches me something. That's just what I enjoy doing. And recently I was reading a book by Ryan Leak called Leveling Up. And one of the first chapters, he talks about the topic of success. And he really makes the point of you are the one that gets to define what success is for you. You know, most people will just take on the definition of success that other people give them for their work or their home life or whatever it is, instead of stopping to think, what do I really want? Like, what does success actually look like for me? It doesn't have to be what everyone else thinks success is. On this podcast episode, my guest went through a season of redefining success for him and his family. Todd Marchant is the founder of Be Whole, Do Good. He and his wife, Ashley, have been in the process of building a life that aligns with their definition of success. And for them, that is centered around building a family culture of whole person well-being. Really amazing stuff that they're doing. I love it. They have taken what they've learned and they've built resources like a podcast and online courses that help other families like yours and like mine to do the same. It's one thing to recognize that your life isn't really going in a direction that satisfies you like to the core. It's another thing to take action to change your life and build something that's truly meaningful to you because change and taking action can actually be really hard. I think you'll see that the Marchant family is doing a beautiful job of learning about whole person well-being as a family and then pursuing that together as well. The practical tips that he shares for making this possible and realistic are golden. If you've ever found yourself longing to make healthy changes, wanting to feel more aligned with your version of success, desiring to build wellness into your family culture, or maybe even just needing some tips on how to start that journey, then this episode will be really valuable for you. Welcome to the Daily Wellness Podcast, where you can learn about healthy living and be inspired to take the next step in your wellness journey. We have Todd Marchant on the Daily Wellness Podcast today. And Todd, I have been really enjoying getting to know you through your podcast and everything that you're doing online. A couple of things stood out to me. And one um, is that the journey you have been on has been a family journey, which like really speaks to my heart. It's like, I love that so much. And another thing that really stood out to me is the outward focus that you have. So it's such a deeper purpose than just you know, improving yourself for the sake of improving yourself. And there's this, there's a sense of improving yourself so that you can do good in the world. And I love that. And so I just wondered, because I also got the sense that it hasn't always been this way. <laughs> yeah. If you could just kind of take us through your story. Yeah, I'd love to. And thank you for saying those things, Melissa. It's it's very much a family journey. And as I, I think about my wife and I, you know, we, we come from, you know, very imperfect but wonderful families that that I think help to ingrain that just mindset that, you know, our family is the foundation, that it's a foundation for not just our own life, but that it's also the foundation of society. You know, as we think about even wanting to make a difference in the world, it starts at home. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, we we had very much this mindset of we are husband and wife first and father and mother uh, very next. 
and that's our top priority. And yet, as we started having kids, man, does it look different than you think it's going to? <laughs> you know, everything. <laughs> uh, it, and and there's just unique challenges and struggles that you can't even anticipate. And you know, we faced have have continued to face many of those. And as we've just gone on this journey, and I think there's a lot of things we can dive into as as desired, whether it be kind of 10 years spent in in hyper growth technology, business, corporate world, and a whole bunch of different stresses on our family that were connected to that, um, as well as, you know, experiences with just uh, postpartum and and some of the different struggles uh, with with three kids, three and under is what we started with. And just, man, so much identity needing to be figured out in that whole process. And so many um, questions that we never knew to ask that uh, took time to even become aware that we were having needs and what those needs were. And then to the journey of pursuing answers is just such a, such a process. And I think ultimately uh, what it, has led to is this recognition that uh, there is a world full of wisdom and full of truth. And there's a lack of order and organization in many ways to bring a, a clear way to learn those truths of our bodies and how they work and our minds and how they work. And then how to translate what we learn in an orderly way that can actually fit into the overwhelm of day-to-day life and apply them to where we can live better and we can live in a more full way. And to me, a more full way doesn't mean an always happy way. Mm. You know, a, a more full way is that we we have this ability to embrace all of the human experience, the full range of the human emotions, the full range of of both the happy and hard things and allow them to to not um, be stuck in us, but pass through us in a way that we emerge uh, better, you know, for it, and and can avoid many of the maybe mistakes or hardships that that we have control over. And so, I, I guess I'm not really getting into some of the details of our story. So I'll let you guide me a little bit on where we want to go deeper. But yeah, but those those uh, I think are some of the the kind of qualitative experiences that have led us to have this passion for as a family. Let's make it a part of our family culture, a very intentional part of our family culture to learn the principles of whole person well-being and to practice them together. Yeah, I love that. Um, So correct me if I'm wrong, but you were kind of just chasing that American dream, right? Have a family, do the do the career (laughs) and all of that. And you realized along the way that maybe this isn't really what I want. Exactly. Yeah. For my life. Well, and- well, let me let me share a specific experience related to that, actually. Yeah. So v- very much so, you know, like the the world uh, media, maybe it's our own self-perceptions kind of communicates this message of this is success, uh-huh. like this is happiness. And yes, a lot of it has to do with that, that, you know, prosperity in my career, that that um, reputation or that uh temporal means that we have or whatever it might be, um, what it looks like on paper, what it looks like on social media, you know, those, those types of things. And I just, there was this moment where, you know, I, again, just had this really fortunate opportunity to be a part of this, this great company that, you know, was one of those startups that worked out and it was just on fire. It was growing super fast. And, 
had a chance to do things in my career that that generally take a lot longer. You know, I, I got to start and lead a number of different teams. And then we were moved across the country to open up a new office for the company. So we started with eight people in like 18 months. We grew it to 50 people and it just was going great. You know, on the surface, uh, on the outside, yeah. you'd say, oh, this is picture perfect, exactly what you would hope for. And and aligned with many of what my goals had even been, you know, on on at the initial start, right? And yet, man, uh, it, we were suffering. Like it, life was not, we were in such survival mode. And, and you know, sometimes there's the, the sense of difficulty in life that is very intentionally chosen, right? It's a means to an end. And we know that, that by doing this hard thing, it's going to have an outcome that, that is really important to us and that we value. And so it's worth the difficulty. But but in this moment, there's this point where I remember Ashley and I were up late and we were sitting in our bed and we're just talking and something discouraging had happened. And we were we were just talking and it was like this light bulb moment where it was like, we knew we'd been in like this survival mode where it felt like we were constantly just gasping for air in every part of our life and just so spread thin. And yet, it became very clear to me in that moment that if we continued on the path that we were on, it wasn't going to change. That it yeah. was it was going to get worse, if anything. And and so, like you said, it was that moment of realizing this is not actually what I want. Right. And so then uh, then it uh, poses the question of well, what is it that we do want? Yeah, I'm. That's amazing because I think that so many people that are you know listen to this episode can totally relate to that feeling. Like they are in this kind of hamster wheel of life and are tired and are questioning if this is what they really want. And, you know, maybe they want change, but it, it kind of feels scary to change sometimes. And it kind of feels like, you know, overwhelming because you don't know how to change. You don't know how to do things different than you've always done them. And so I kind of want to pick your brain up. What did that, what did those next few steps look like exactly? Like, how did you get the courage to actually change what you're doing? Because that is actually huge. Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I would actually say there's there's two components. You know, there there is big change and there's little change. And our family has done some of both. And I would say vast majority of the time, it's actually the little changes that are done consistently that have the most important and most far-reaching impact. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that every once in a while, there's going to be a big change that, you know, we maybe feel drawn or called to take. And for us, you know, the the switch into, you know, entrepreneurship, into starting Behold Do Good and, and trying to align, you know, the, the work that we do that provides for the needs of our family mm -hmm. with as closely as possible to our core values and to and to you know the way we want to live life and to the difference we want to make in the world yeah you know, that that change has been very much one of those um we chose something hard because it has its own hard hard things yeah uh, but that has a very different end to it and uh i think i would rather focus on i think those changes are not necessarily for everyone and they're not um they're not the norm and so we can certainly talk more about that. But I think more importantly was there were small and simple changes we started to make that uh, ultimately 
even made it possible to consider the big changes. Yeah. And so when were some of those? Yeah. Yes. So I, I think the first and foremost is there's there's a certain degree of support I think we needed mm-hmm. that uh, when when it came to uh, learning and gaining insight of, well, what are the things that ultimately help us to experience the life as it is right now differently? Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, we found a particular, you know, coaching program that was really oriented around kind of whole person uh, lifestyle, whole person well-being lifestyle. Uh, there's other podcasts, there's books, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I think ultimately we can draw from. And then, and so for us, I think uh, a few of those kind of key things that we gained that started to make a difference was practicing mindfulness. Mm-hmm. That I think there's this foundation, the being able to be present in life, being able to draw our thoughts away from the future that provides anxiety or the past that oftentimes brings a sense of depre- depression, but live in the moment. And then in that moment, be able to bring calm acknowledgement to what is it that we're thinking right now? What is it that we're feeling? Uh, what are the bodily sensations that's creating? To me, I see mindfulness as this like foundational skill that allows us to actually practice many other principles of whole person well-being. And I know for me, uh, mindfulness is something that I think came more naturally to my wife, Ashley. She's a very sensitive, gentle, compassionate, deep soul who feels her feelings very strongly. And it's this wonderful gift that I'm so grateful for. But it also means that there there was more naturally a path to being aware of, of her feelings. And there's almost this friction that I think we felt early in our marriage where, you know, she'd be f- sharing all these big feelings and I had nothing to share uh, as far as my own feelings. And, and, and at the time, you know, there was almost this perception of, it's because I'm even killed and, and I'm not very emotional. And, but what the reality was and, and had a couple of hard experiences that woke me up to the recognition that I just wasn't aware that we are all human, that we all experience all emotions in our own way. Uh, but, but it's more becoming more attuned to it. And so I would say one of, to answer your question and kind of a long-winded way here is that one of the foundational things that really helped to progress the journey was starting to practice and become more aware of the emotions we were experiencing, being able to name them, to be able to actually bring curiosity to them rather than judgment. And with that curiosity, identify what we're learning about our needs and then actually practice the compassion to then do something to care for those needs. And I think that process alone was was one of the triggers. I think one of the other things that was really, really helpful that I'll, I'll, I'll pause and is just starting to gain more recognition of our physical energy. This concept of zest, I think, is really um, interesting of how can we have the ability to have energy and and enthusiasm to bring to our life. And that's one of the things I think we struggle so much with is having sufficient energy to have a positive, enthusiastic approach to our, our, our happy and hard parts of life. And, um, yeah, as we began to learn more of the fundamental things with sleep and nutrition and movement that contributed to our energy, our zest, I think, again, that emotional awareness and then that physical, um, fuel combined, 
are these foundational things that allow you to then explore other aspects of whole person well-being, curiosity, adventure, um, purpose, meaning, uh, relationships, connection, yeah, those mm -hmm. types of things. Yeah. Can you give me an example of how that looks in your family, like practicing mindfulness, like the, the whole concept of zest, like since since this has been a, a change for your family, there's probably some contrast that you can look back and say, if we used to be this way, now we're kind of this way. I'm just curious to if you have an example of what that looks like. Yeah, one of the things that we focus a lot on with Behold Do Good is is family culture. And and the purpose of that is, is we don't want to just learn something and not do it, as well as um, singular experiences are instructive but the greatest lasting change comes from things that are ongoing, right? And family culture, as we define it, is, is you know, the combination of your habits, your values, your choices, your beliefs, your, your traditions, your purpose as a family. And so, you know, we try to translate everything into ongoing action. So one of those for us, you know, there's this phrase that's commonly used with mindfulness of name it to tame it, right? That again, until we can really name the emotions that we're experiencing, there's not much you can do to care for and foster the emotional well-being that you want. And so simple, simple practice. At dinner, we like to talk about happy and hard. As a phrase comes naturally to me. I've used it a couple of times in this conversation yeah. already because every day we talk about it at dinner is what was your happy and hard today? But specifically, what was a happy emotion you experienced? And what was a hard emotion you experienced? And we describe the experience that we had and the and 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 what it was and how it made it feel and where we felt it. And it just, it creates this natural conversation in, in our day-to-day -day life about our emotional experiences. It brings awareness and presence, you know, to them. And so that's one, you know, maybe really simple example of it. how we're practicing mindfulness. Um, Ashley's also very passionate about meditation. And so that's been really helpful. Um, she actually does meditation with the kids at night and uh that that is helpful it's part of the bedtime routine there's a once a week also kind of meditation during the day that we have a routine built around uh that that's also been really helpful for us yeah so i'm talking about all this i at first i've actually never heard the happy and hard done quite like that you've heard about the high and low you know share your high share your low but it's all around events and activities so bringing the focus back to emotions, I think, is really smart. Like, I love that. But in speaking about emotions, it kind of reminds me of this phrase you've been using about whole person well-being or whole person health. Can you kind of explain what you mean by that? Sure. Yeah, I I think one of the things that we struggled with, Ashley and I have always had an interest in, you know, well-being and in personal growth and those types of things. But early on, and with every child, it's like we became more and more aware, I feel like, of, of what we were experiencing. And as we sought more answers, it's like, it felt so sporadic. I don't know if you felt this way, but it's like, oh, I'll read this book. And it's like so passionate and deep about this one principle. Yeah. And then you read this other one and, and it's like, you're just kind of being bounced around. It feels like to, this is the solution. No, this is the solution. No, this is the solution. Or this is the most important thing. And this is the most important thing. And, and it's hard to just feel that sense of just order, order to the way we need to lead our family. And one of the things that really helped is I got introduced to this guy named Tal Ben-Shahar, and he's a positive psychologist out of Harvard. Mm. 
And uh, it's actually really interesting. It's a, this cool example of someone who's taken a challenge in their life and used it as a gift. You know, he has ADHD mm. and here he, he is as this professor and he struggled academically kind of growing up initially. And then he kind of found uh, his support to be able to do what he did. But because he has this ADHD, he like very much bounces around. It's like hard for him to focus on one research uh, <laughs> topic and really go deep on it. So instead, he's just turned it into this gift and he has scoured every discipline out there, biology, uh, psychology, physiology, economics, uh, you know, all these things and found what, what are kind of the common things that have been discovered across all the disciplines about happiness, about well-being, and how can we summarize that to create a sense of order? And his his interpretation of it and there's others that are similar other you know acronyms or, or things that describe it he he calls it the spire model s-p-i-r-e mm. and that this describes whole person well-being and it's spiritual physical intellectual relational and emotional well-being and that ultimately we are whole beings right that every piece of us is interconnected and so, you know, it's like when you stub your toe, it's not like, oh, my, my toe's hurting and the rest of me feels fine. You know, like it's a whole body experience. And, and that's similar to any other part of us that, you know, if our relationships are really suffering, our whole life, our whole person feels it. Or when we strengthen our emotional well-being, our physical health improves. It's like everything is interconnected. And, and so, you know, as we think about it in those terms, to us, that brought such helpful order of, of being able to say, okay, like if that kind of is not a perfect, but a helpful way of organizing our whole person well-being, then we can actually start to say as a family, what are our goals when it comes to spiritual well-being? Like, what do we value there? What do we value with physical, intellectual, relational, emotional well-being? And we've done that. So we, we have, as a family, a clearly stated goal for our family culture for each of those areas. And then we've defined three or four objectives. This is Ashley's teacher. She used to teach uh, elementary school. And this is how they did lesson plans. And so you have your goal and then your objectives. And, and, and so we have three to four objectives under each of those of, of what does that actually look like? What are these kind of affirmations or statements that we want to be true that describe our family. And then we're always experimenting and practicing and focusing on trying to reinforce yeah, those concepts. Yeah, that's really good. I'm trying to picture that just um, in contrast to typical American culture, I guess. like Because I think even, like you said, people can kind of get a hold of or grasp like one compartment of that sometimes. Like, Okay, we're going to focus on our on our intellectual health or we're going to focus on our emotional health or physical health probably the most. Like we're going to eat healthy, you know, we're going to start working out, you know, all the things. Um but if you're not doing well like in those other areas, it definitely impacts your quality of life. Yeah, it it does and and it's it's beautiful to consider how we approach things differently as a family and individually when we think about the the whole picture mm -hmm. and 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 maybe just to give a more tangible example so our our goal and you know we're always tweaking these and working on them but with spiritual well-being for example how we define that as a family is that i am connected to myself 
my purpose and my higher power. And then some of the objectives that are under that are, I find meaning and joy in life even as it looks right now. I feel connected to a sense of purpose in life. I know my strengths and I'm using them to serve others. I am mindfully present in life. I make time to be still and connect with something greater than myself. And so those are objectives that then we we think about and we focus on, you know, as a family and we set goals around and those types of things. What made you guys so passionate about teaching all of this to other people? You know, going back to the time of life where this is not what we want, what is it that we want? There was very much this yearning to have our life be of great meaning, you know, to really make a difference. So we knew that it was something that we wanted. We we wanted our work to be serving people. And so as we explored, well, what is it that we want to do in service of others? What is the difference we want to make? There has just been layers of answers that have come over time and we're continuing to receive them. But the first was just looking at our own life. You know, it's like, that's, that's the greatest source of what good can we offer? What have been our, our, our struggles, our, our own journey? And what have we gained from that? And we don't feel, it's interesting. Anytime you try to, to step in a role to serve and lead others, it's when you start to most feel that, that sense of, of, am I good enough? Yeah. Good enough to be able to help and support others. And uh, I I don't think we view ourselves as, you know, the, the ultimate experts in any of this stuff. Um, but we just want to be an ally. You know, it's like we, we want to be uh, traveling the path with with every other family. And and it's like we're in that Amazon jungle and maybe we're there and we're, we're kind of whacking down with our machete uh, the, a path. And we're bringing families along with us and we're just traveling it together, you know, and, and uh, they're helping us to see other ways we can do things. We're helping them. So it's much of that kind of community type feel that, that we're trying to create. But uh, I think the passion just comes from our own experiences and just seeing how much we can, we little simple tools, how much of a difference they've made for us individually. And then seeing people around us that we love dearly who those same simple tools would help them you know, in their, in their life. Um, I do want you to share about the resources that you've created. I think they're amazing. Um, before we do that, I'm thinking that it might be good if we give people just some practical tips. So if they're, if they're wanting to pursue something, um, something like this, you know, really think about whole person wellness, like, and they're diving in and they're really trying hard and then, you know, life kind of happens. Like I'm thinking I have three teenagers and another younger one and, um, you know, life is busy and crazy and you have, there's pressure on you to, you know, just provide for your family and, um, you know, do all the things um, for the people, you know, for people around you and then try to take care of yourself. I mean, it's just a lot. Like if, if someone is, trying to pursue this and gets overwhelmed or kind of gets into a tough situation like what are some tips that they can take away from this conversation and like help them in those hard moments you know like how do you reset in a moment like that and that is a great question i think one thing i'll say first and this is not as much an answer to how do you reset but but more 
to how do you approach a journey of whole person well-being mm-hmm. in a way that is actually doable. Mm-hmm. And we are right in the midst of this. Like we are creating programs to help people to do this. And yet, you know, every day we're we're struggling in our own way to 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 live it. You know, it's 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 the it's the journey. Is that we're all we're all on it. And yeah. So I, I think one of the things that has been really, really important and really helpful for me is when we read all the books and when we listen to all the experts and you listen to podcasts like this and you hear all these wonderful things that just feel so out of reach, what I've realized is it's really important to have kind of this perspective of floors and ceilings Mm -hmm. with everything that we do. That yes, there may be an ideal version of it, the ceiling, but if we're going to live any of this stuff consistently, it absolutely requires having a bare bones floor version that can be done on our absolute worst days. And so we don't have to do it perfectly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we never will. And the, and if we ever expect that, it just won't ever happen. Right. You know? and, and, and so the f- floors and ceilings has been a concept that's just been uh, hugely helpful for us. And we started with just that perspective of, okay, when we set goals, and we have desires, we maybe have what we really want it to look like, but yeah, here's the broken down floor version. And then that became even more tangible when I started learning about BJ Fogg's work out of Stanford. So I I view him as, as like the world's leading expert in behavior science. And his whole work that has led to New York Times bestselling books to, you know, 40,000 people kind of were going through his programs and having their research base off of it. It all comes back to the tiny is mighty, that actually all true lasting impact um, or, or, or lasting change, excuse me, that we make in our life, that it's almost all comes back to very, very tiny habits. And their research is, is that that floor version that we should set, you know, 30 seconds or less is, is how much it should take. So if you have a goal to run every day, your, your actually floor version should be just put your shoes on. And then if, if it's a bad day and you feel sick or you feel too, you don't have enough time or whatever, you can take your shoes off and count it as a success. And the reason why is because when we make it that simple, when we make it that tiny, we show up every day. Yeah. It can we be do it every day. Yeah. And, and in some days we go on the 30 minute run and other days we just put our shoes on and we take it off, but we're showing up every single day. So that would be one thing I would mention is is don't underestimate the power of small and simple things. Mm-hmm. Um, a second practical tip is is just to attach the changes you want to make to existing routines. That whenever we try to add something in, that's when it just still feels like it it kind of flows over the top. But when we can attach that tiny version of something that takes thirty seconds or less to something that already happens every day without us thinking about it, like. Um, Take your vitamins when you eat your breakfast. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that that when we do it that way, it it decreases some of the overwhelm. So I think those are two things that, that come to mind to me as far as, you know, the question of when you get to that point of you've had great desires, you've tried and it's not going very well and you feel overwhelmed, you know, how, how do you uh, reset? I think for me... In those moments, uh, I, I kind of have to have a, it's almost become a sacred space to me. 
And it's a sacred physical space, but also a, a space that is kind of reserved for like my mental work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's really important to have those places in our life. And so sometimes, you know, that's in nature and maybe a particular place in your house and maybe a particular, you know, location elsewhere. Uh, but But having that kind of space where we go to, where it's kind of like we sit and we allow ourselves to be still. And, and I think um, allowing ourselves to process all of the uncomfortable emotions we feel, it's amazing that, in fact, I've, I've seen this analogy used before when it's been taught that when you have a pitcher of glass uh, or of water, it's like in order to have space to put anything else in there, you need to dump it out. Mm. And I think there's a certain degree that sometimes we run so fast in life that we don't take time to be still, that all of the stress, all of the worry, all of the the fatigue, it like just builds up inside of us. Mm-hmm. And so when we try to consider how do I do things different, there's just not space to have those ideas. But when we sit to be still and we just, without judgment, bring attention back to what are all the things I'm feeling? Why am I feeling them? It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me, but what is it telling me? You know, as we just take time to do that for a few moments, it's amazing how much that allows those things to be released. And once those things are released, I think the ideas, the inspiration about how to do things different, it comes. Yeah, I like that. That's a question I ask myself a lot. Like, why? (laughs) If I'm not feeling well physically, you know, why? You know, not just try to take a pill, but like really think about like what's causing this? Why is this happening? And you can kind of apply that across the board in all these different areas. I really like that tip. Um, I usually end with three questions for every guest. And my first question is a healthy living resource that you would recommend. And so for that, I would actually love for you to share about your resources. Hey, thank you for that opportunity. So we, uh, we every month have a group then we, it's kind of like a selective group. We like it to be, it's not selective, but but uh, a smaller limited group because we want an intimate setting where as a family, we seek within a month period to grow in the concept of self-compassion. So as a family, we we you know, lean into this principle of self-compassion and, and each week there's kind of four skills related to self-compassion that we focus on. And so there's resources that both as as parents and as kids together, we can be learning and practicing. And most importantly, integrating very simple, very doable, uh, tiny habits that will allow us to be continually growing in that ability to practice self-compassion and compassion with one another. So that, that incorporates a lot of mindfulness. And yeah. so I've talked about mindfulness and self-compassion as some of these foundational skills that I think lead to being able to practice lots of other parts of whole person well-being. So that's one one resource. Um, we're also in the process right now of actually developing and we'll be um, launching here in the next six weeks a, a more extended program where, you know, a group of families will come in and together there will be just this whole set of resources each month where we take one of those pillars of whole person well-being and we provide the support and guidance uh, to to the families to identify what are the enjoyable ways that they desire and want to incorporate elements of of that pillar of whole person well-being into their family culture, 
and kind of help them to design and implement those things. And so it's it's just by the end of it, you have this set of of traditions and of habits as a family that will help you to always be learning and growing in, in those principles of whole person well-being. So those are two things. Um, another, just kind of more, some of our free options, uh, We our podcast is, is following our journey. So you can come and follow the things that we're working on and we're learning. We're always asking questions and then finding the experts to, to um, answer those questions for us. And so I'd, I'd point you toward that as well. Awesome. Yeah, I'll make sure to link all those in the show notes for everyone. Um, what's one of your favorite healthy snacks that you or your family eat a lot? I, my wife doesn't love it as much as I do, but I love nut butter. So, you know, almond butter, a mixed nut butter, uh, whatever. I put it on almost anything. So I'm, on not, I'm on your uh, side. I'm on your side. Apples and nut butter, uh, banana and nut butter. It doesn't matter whatever it is. I, I love it. I love it. Last question is, who would you love to see as a guest on the Daily Wellness Podcast? I would recommend Sarah Ladin. Um, we've, we've been really blessed to have a chance to interview and collaborate with a bunch of New York Times bestselling authors, leading academics, and they've all been wonderful. But Sarah, to me, uh, coming back to the family, uh, I think I think the eating experience is such a, a pivotal experience and because it's just such a part of life. And those of us who are interested in wellness, we, we kind of think about nutrition and we push some of those things. And yet that sometimes can cause contention in the meal experience, especially if you have picky eaters. And we interviewed Sarah for our podcast and she was awesome. Cool. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll check into that. And I I know I saw her on your podcast, so I'll have to try to reach out to her. Thank you for your time with me. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, all of your experience through your growth. I know that I feel like what you're doing is really unique. Like I feel like you have these resources and experience that really not a lot of people are talking about. So I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. It's really transformational work and I appreciate your time with me. Thank you, Melissa. That encouragement means so much. And I instantly connected with you as I saw your website and just saw how family oriented you are in your own you know, wellness focus and journey. And I just think we need more of that. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for the chance to connect with you. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Daily Wellness Podcast. We hope that you found it helpful for your own wellness journey. And if so, we'd love for you to leave a review. Then come back and listen for review shout outs on upcoming episodes. For more information, check out the show notes and connect with us on our website, dailywellnesscommunity.com.